Australia's number one mum cast is NHM I Got It From My Mama with Beck and Sarge. NHM I Got It From My Mama. It's the career episode. I didn't go into the career that I was destined, my parents wanted me to, as <laughs> a lawyer. Did I. <laughs> didn't you? What did your parents want you to be? Oh, anything, but like pretty much what I did. <laughs> you were um, in event management. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what did they want you to do? Um, I think they just wanted me to stay at uni for longer than like a week. Because, yeah, yeah, about a week. (laughs) (laughs) I was there about 75 years because I did a law degree and never practised law. Mm. It just wasn't my thing, Uni. I really hated it. Oh, well, Mm. law wasn't my thing. Goodness gracious. For all the lawyers out there, I'm very respectful of you. But one of the hardest things I found about the law was that you're not allowed to talk to people in the workplace. If you want to talk to someone, you have to basically send them a memo. (laughs) And it has to be quite like a library. I don't understand that. But being mums, Beck and I have noticed that our priorities have shifted in terms of our careers, right? Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. And and I think the word career now has its own sort of meaning and you've got to have a very focused idea on what career means for you once you become a mum. Yeah. And um, I know I'm just, my kids are um, seven, God, how old are they? Seven, five and four, or almost four. I have just only now started to start thinking about what I want to have as a career and that, that kind of thing because you, you have to put your life on hold. That's and, right, 100%. Um, and I did put my life on hold and I've now – and my life before was being in events management. It's not the job that you can do with kids. It really yeah. is a real challenge. And I was travelling at least every two weeks. Yep. It was like that's just not something that I can put into my – fit into my well, life. Well, you could but you've decided that Made your priorities are elsewhere. To. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. And so I've shifted my focus and I've had to go back to study – and real, you know, change what I want to do. In saying that, even though I'm going back to study, I still have to find a job, or I've got a job now, but I still have to fit my job around my family because my family's my top priority. I can't go to work nine to five, yeah, and I can't, I can't even go every single day. I go, I go four days a week, yeah, and I fit it around school pickups and everything like that because mm. not everyone's at school yet. So yeah. you know, it's all sorts of different aspects of your career prospects that you absolutely have to put into and it. we're talking to lauren maxwell from headstrong women coming up next if you are a mum that is out there who may have been out of the workforce for a while and you're just wondering what does my future career even look like she's going to help you out heaps with that uh, we'd love it if you could pause this podcast or just write a note for yourself because you might forget You've got mum brain maybe like us. (laughs) After you finish listening to the episode to write us a review. Here's a review. Very relatable and so many laughs. Love it and highly recommended. Thanks, guys. You can leave us a review on any of the podcast apps. NHM, I got it from my mama. For the little unicorn, explore, play, discover, grow. NHM, I got it from my mama. Headstrong women and Lauren Maxwell promise a return of your mojo and the ability to help you live the career life of your dreams. If you're stuck in a rut and you're missing something from your working life, this show is for you. Lauren, you said the most common question you get is, oh God, I can't keep doing what I'm doing and I don't know what to do. How do you even go about answering that? Oh, absolutely. And look, it's so relatable because honestly, 
every second woman comes in with that and oh god might be substituted with a whole variety of different words but it usually <laughs> it usually comes with this eye roll and a really panicked look on their face and i think it is that relatability you know we've all kind of been there where you just go oh this all just seems so big so overwhelming but i just know i cannot do what I'm doing now. I've got to make a change, but I have no idea where to start. And I think, uh, you know, being honest in that, being honest that nobody is alone. If, um, if anyone takes anything away from this, know that you are not alone if you're feeling that today. Um, you know, and, and I think the big thing with any change in life or big change in a career is, being able to break it down into these more manageable chunks. And really, this is a great question because what it does is it helps me help you to break it down into more manageable chunks and actually, you know, work out where to start with this process. Um, and, and it's interesting, actually, because some of the conversations that I have with women after coming to me with this question, you know, we wouldn't sort of assume that everyone would go on this great big career change, move in a different direction into something completely new, but that's not always the case, which um, many, many years ago when I started doing doing this, that actually surprised me a little bit. So it does, you know, it, it opens up all sorts of doors and it means that once we've broken it down, change it. we may move into something new or we may actually find new interests in a kind of niche area of what we're already doing, but um, but it's about being able to sit down and start. You know, what is it that I'm overwhelmed with? What is it that I know I just can't do? Oh, so it is might it just be thing? one little aspect of the job, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. Like an a-hole boss, for one. example. <laughs> could be the culture, right? Could be the culture of the place. Might, might not be exactly what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And again, really relatable. You know, this is stuff that we have all experienced at one point. Absolutely. And it's funny because, again, it's never one thing that leads people to leave a whole career. You know, it's an accumulation of things. And it's never the one um, aspect. You know, people often have this misconception that we leave jobs for better money. And, in fact, on the scale of priorities, I think money – you know, is fairly far down the list. It's like maybe number five. Yeah. Um, but the number one thing that will get someone to leave a job is actually the culture. Um, so that's why I'm saying that's yeah, it makes super sense, relatable. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and when you think about how much time we spend at work, um, you know, some of us spend more time at work than we do with our own families, so we've got to be, got to be happy. pretty comfortable yeah, with it. That's Absolutely. right. Lots of um, lots of our mums in the NHM have been out of the workforce um, being playing mum and they yeah. say they now don't know what their skills are um, yeah. and, ha- you know, how can someone or what do you suggest for people that want to return to the workforce but have no idea where to start and what to go about starting? Yeah. Absolutely. So when we look at skills, we we break them down and we look at what's called transferable skills. So these are the skills that transfer between all aspects of our career that we've done in the past, as well as our life in general. And I've got to say that mums are particularly good at downplaying their transferable Mm -hmm. skills 
if they recognise them in the first place. Um, That's really sad because I'm sure it's the opposite way for the other six. (laughs) They're like, I'm so great. (laughs) I'm generalising, of course. (laughs) But look, it's interesting and I think there's a number of reasons for that as well. Um, And and primarily in Australia, you know, we've all heard this saying, oh, I don't want to be up myself. And this is just something that women grow up with. We grow up knowing that from a very early age. So we're actually not as good at being able to identify what we do, but then also tell other people about it. Um, and, And the other thing is, how often do we actually sit there and go, well, what are my transferable skills? It's often not until we're writing up a resume and we're forced to give these details that we, we sit there and, and we're able to nut them out and put them down individually. Are there some so, easy ways to work that out, Lauren? Obviously, you're an expert in it. What are some yeah. easy ways to work it out? Absolutely. Look, go through your day. And okay, again, yep. coming back to mums and their level of skills, if we look at the number of skills that a, a mum would use in a day, we're looking at in excess of 20 anyway. Wow. That's in one single day. So if we look at things like time management, I've never met better time managers than mothers. Mm. I've never met better jugglers mm. or multi-skillers mm. <laughs> because they're constantly working, you know, three, four jobs maybe on the go, plus all the stuff that's going on in the head. And as we're seeing a more move to um, using things like social media and apps while they're school-aged children, you know, mums are actually developing a lot of skills that the rest of us don't have as far as using these applications and coordinating things in different ways using tech. So there's a so whole they're upskilling essentially. Absolutely. But yet when we talk to, talk to mums, they say, oh, well, I don't know, I, I make the sandwiches, I make the beds. You know, um, you know I get of, people to and from. One of my biggest fears when I was returning to the workforce after having three little kids in quick succession mm. was not so much the skills that I had, but it was more the desperation of finding a job that was going to fit in with my family life. So I did yeah. find that I did take a job. I mean, it's worked out quite mm-hmm. nicely, but did take a job that I knew could be managed around my family to make the family the top, prior- top priority and you have it in work yeah. hours. Do you think that also affects, you know, how easy it is for mums to get in because they feel almost um, bad towards their their pr- prospective employers because their hours are going to be a little bit more limited and that kind of thing? Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? This concept of mother guilt, you know, it extends yeah. so much further <laughs> than being physically with your kids. Um, and, and look, you know, again, making some huge generalisations here, we don't tend to see um, in men's negotiating around their hours, we don't tend to see men going... I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to do it for these hours. And oh, can I can I be a bit flexible there? But half the time they slack off early that. anyway. So uh. <laughs> again, generalising. <laughs> Generalisations exist because they're generally true. But uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, look, and, and one of the other big things is that we need to. I suppose recognise and um, and respect that our decision making changes as we go through different life stages. 
you know, so when we think about the decisions that, or the decision-making processes that we had when we were going into our first careers as young women, um, you know, generally we made these decisions as a teenager. We went and did our training and then we kind of moved into to what served us then. Um, the decision-making process is actually getting harder the older that we get and the more family members we get and, you know, we get mortgages, we get all sorts of adult things and yet I think sometimes we expect the decisions around new careers to be as easy as they were when we were young and it's just not possible. Um, so one of the big things that I do work with women on is working out what their priorities are right now at this stage of life. Is it that we're looking for something with more flexibility in terms of hours? Is it that we're looking for something where we might be able to do some work from home? Or is it something, you know, are finances so much of an issue at the moment? Um, and it's it's being really honest about what that um, what those priorities look like for you because yeah. there's no right or wrong, but it's about getting really honest. Lauren, when you uh, talk about working from home, basically uh, Beck and I see that as um, mm. just a very interesting concept for us because we uh, find that it's pretty much impossible with kids crawling all over us most of the time. <laughs> and a lot of women, you do see them take on these roles with uh, doTERRA or other Tupperware, other companies where they think – where they think I'm going to take on this role and it's going to um, mean a lot more time. But does it really? Do, do these jobs maybe sometimes end up being just as much of a tax as a normal job and on friendships as basically, you know, as, as if you were to go out and get a job? A lot of, I think a lot of people see yeah. it as an easy road when it's not really. Is that the case? Because you'd know so much more about it than I would. Yeah, look, I'm always incredibly sceptical when it comes to MLMs, um, any of the multi-level marketing um, businesses for a number of reasons. But the primary one is the absolute really high failure rate of those okay. and the number of hours that do need to go in. Um, so I guess first part of advice for anybody looking at going into a business structure like that would be really do your homework and ask those difficult questions and look for evidence. Um, I'm not saying don't do it yeah. by any means, but please make a, an educated decision for you in that point because I think it's something like 98% of people would make less than $100 a month what? in any of those Are you serious? marketing businesses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When you break it down, it's, it's um, and because of the way that those businesses are structured as well, they're quite different. But I would absolutely say do your homework with that, and don't get too um, caught with the marketing because they are very very shiny. Yeah. For some people, look, and I know of women who have done exceptionally well within um, within that business structure. So it does work for some, but. Yeah, absolutely. Do your do your homework. And as for working from home in general, regardless of whether that's in self employment or working for somebody else, or working in a in a um, 
business such as that, it would really be to have a look at some boundaries because I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that we do have when we look at working from home. So the big boundaries, like you've already said, (laughs) kids yelling, competing Mm -hmm. demands, um, you know, looking at the laundry thinking, oh, I'll just do that. Yeah, I'll just chuck a load on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it. So on one hand, you know, we don't have the office commute, but we do have all these other distractions. And so what we do need to do is have a look at setting up a a really hygienic office space. And so when I talk about hygienic office space at home, I'm talking a space that is separate to home. So you've still got that feeling like, right, I'm putting on my work hat, I'm doing work. And once I leave this room, then it's, it's back to home life. Okay, I see. Well. So it's not in amongst um, everything sort of like on the kitchen table yeah. where you can see all the other crap that needs to be done. Yeah, that's right. And and look, we're all guilty of doing that from time to time and I've certainly worked in my pyjamas um, on some days mm-hmm. as well and it's worked well enough for, for the odd day but in general – Having some of those boundaries really does help to minimise some of the blur between what is work and what is home because we all need a break from from work. Absolutely. What would you say about certain personality types and careers that they'll probably excel at? Yeah, look, there's a number of different things that we can do Um, and and there's actually some really great tools that I use um, with some people around nutting out what their personalities are suited to as well. Um, Having said that, I wouldn't say that, you know, we would totally neglect something else if, say, somebody was really, really, really introverted um, but was looking at quite a public job um, where they would be required to have quite a large public presence, under some circumstances that may still be something where they would get fulfilment out of it. It's really, it's dependent on, I suppose, what, um, what their specific passion is, what their specific motivation is. But yeah, there's a number of tools that can help us weed things like that out. Also having a look at the type of environmental factors that people um, work best under. You know, whether we're a person that works really well in a noisy, fun kind of um, fast-paced environment or whether we're somebody who needs a bit of time in an office on our own to really be able to, I suppose, digest. The, the amount of work that we've got to do. One of the high school students I was working with recently was telling me that she'd like to be a reality star. That's a, that's a legit <laughs> goal. <laughs> oh, that might just be it. Look, I know a lot of reality TV stars personally <laughs> through the media and I think I feel like that yeah. might just be a temporary role. What do you reckon, Beck? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a long-term <laughs> one. Hey, uh, Lauren Maxwell, thank you so much for your time and, uh, yeah, we can't wait to talk to you again. No problem at all. Thanks so much, ladies. And I- Jam, I got it from my mama. Would love your support. To help out, review us in your podcast app. Win incredible mama and family experiences at nhmnewcastlehuntermamas.com.